Hi, you're listening to a special bonus episode of Behind the Podium, a podcast series dedicated to all things Olympics as they happen and as medals are won. We're your hosts, Ella and Daniel, and in each episode, we've been keeping a close eye on the Aussies in Tokyo, having panel discussions with experts and athletes, and sharing our Olympic predictions. Now, the Olympics may have come to a close, but much of the political and social statements made by the athletes still prompting discussions everywhere. So in today's episode, we're sitting down with Rugby Sevens player and Rio Gold medalist, Shani Williams, and taking a deep dive into how public demonstrations at Tokyo 2020 sparked much-needed conversations, and the role she played in that. Now, you were really noticeable on the field over in Japan because, of course, you wore rainbow headgear at this year's Games. This was a world first, and I understand that you had to get special dispensation from the International Olympic Committee in order to wear it. Can you tell us a bit about your decision to wear it? Um, I wanted to go out there and just be visible and show that our community, the LGBTI community, can um, really be present in sport and in anything that they do. So it wasn't just about the the rainbow flag. Um, rainbows can mean so much and they can mean so much to everybody. So there was a message out there for other people to really pick up on as well. You know, if you know there's a gold at the end of the rainbow, some people were saying, you know, like just that the the love, the peace, the solidarity of these games, um, that's sort of what I was trying to emphasize. I think it's really important to be visible to be representing who I am and being comfortable with who I am and being able to use my platform and my voice to create a better world. No, that's awesome. Um, Sean, you mentioned that you thought it was really important to be seen and to be showing in the world stage of who you are and what you're about. Have you noticed previously, perhaps not just recently, but in years ago, that there was like a representation for the LGBTQIA plus community? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. It's hard to represent yourself sometimes because you get so much pushback when, um, you know, you think up these stories of what it's going to look like or how people perceive things or you hear little comments of other people that have been coming out and you go, oh, I don't think I'm strong enough to be able to do that. So, yeah, I, th- I think it, this was one of the biggest Olympics that um, people were obviously out. So that's a credit to you know, the IOC that giving us a platform and a, a space to be able to speak, the AOC for, you know, backing um, people in for being who they are. And as I said, like, you know, there's leaders out there that are, are definitely paving the way for others. If that one little rainbow headgear or that one little comment that's that's positive can help them from, you know, doing bad things, then, you know, that's one thing that you can do to use your platform. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm sure you've seen this. A lot of athletes in the last couple of years have been doing these different causes to make sure that, you know, that they're heard. And as you said, Shani, if only just one person takes something from it, it's worth it, right? So that's really awesome to see. I just want to change gears a little bit and touch on you and your team's journey to Tokyo. It's obviously made much more longer by COVID, I'm sure much more difficult. We've um, heard you guys have used Zoom to train and even shared TikToks around to keep that camaraderie up. So can you just speak on the challenges that you're forced to navigate in the, the year leading up to the Olympics? Yeah, that's hilarious because uh, this 33-year-old doesn't really do TikTok much, but um, <laughs> I've been in the background a few times, so <laughs> the girls have been teaching me. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a difficult time. We were always away from our families. We sort of separated during that postponement period, and it was really important for us to go and spend some time with our families, and it's probably the longest we've ever spent with them. We were doing um, some training sessions via Zoom. Um, so our coaches stayed on board and we ended up doing some one-on-one sessions when that was able. Um, so the Sydney-based crew got some some good training sessions on board and then the Zoom sort of came in for, for the Brizzy-based girls. 
we did a number of things. We had a couple of trivia sessions on Zoom. Um, and then we also did Pilates, stretching, yoga, that sort of thing. But just trying to keep that connection as well because when you're in a team, you need to stay connected and checking in on each other. You know, that emotional t- intelligence you, you don't get to have because you're not around them as much so you don't pick up on body language and things like that. And I guess as a captain, I take a bit of responsibility with that and making sure my team's doing well. Um, and on to the TikTok side of things, um, I say to them, sometimes they, they know more of the dance moves than they do of the uh, the gameplay. So, you know, I'm like, you've got to stand over there. Oh, but I can do this move, you know. Just, you know, I think it's a way for them ex- to express themselves. And I think that's very healthy. It's a great platform to use to bring people in as well. Yeah, and people have really been appreciating the TikToks. And as you mentioned, your squad heading to Tokyo was a mix of experience and youth. A few of you, I think five, including yourself, had one gold in Rio. And then there were a few, as you said, younger players coming through. You guys had some phenomenal games, but also close ones that, you know, it was obviously quite upsetting. The most pivotal, I guess, being the 14-12 loss to Fiji in the quarters. What I want to know is, though, if you felt much pressure defending the Olympic gold from five years ago because it was the first time that was an Olympics. Yeah, obviously that was pretty gutting. Also the game beforehand with USA was, you know, it just wasn't our day on that second day. And we talk about that as a team is that second day is really crucial to turn up and perform. And I guess that's experience as well. As we said, we've got youth, but we've also got, you know, five gold medalists. But we hadn't played a lot of footy. Like we'd gone over and we played New Zealand and we probably didn't play our best footy over there. And we were lucky with our first day. We played some really great footy and we got some really good combos. So we had, you know, that confidence going into it. And I think, yeah, there probably was a bit of pressure, obviously, with the gold medal. I think the younger girls probably felt a bit of it too because they were just thinking the expectation they've got to hold up to. But um, at the end of the day, when you get out there on that field, it's your why, it's what you're representing, it's who you're representing, and you just got to bring yourself back to, to being grounded. You know, sometimes the whistle gets blown the wrong way or, you know, you drop a ball, you miss a kick. You know, there's there's plenty of things that just don't pan out for you. And sevens is such a crucial, brutal sport. Like you miss a tackle, that's a try. And I think as athletes, that's what we've got to remember is that once again, we're human beings. So in life, you make mistakes. In life, you're on a roller coaster and sometimes you've got to pick yourself up. And the beauty of a team sport is you got each other. So that's what we did on that third day. We came out, we picked each other up and we put on a performance that we know we're capable of. We just you know, should have done it the, the day before. Yeah, you mentioned that final day where you obviously um, clinched fifth place in Tokyo. With that being said, what are some of the takeaways that you and your team have talked from that Tokyo campaign? Yeah, I guess it's been a bit hard to be able to talk to them too much about it. Um, going straight into quarantine. I've done a lot of reflection, obviously, on myself and um, we've done a questionnaire as well just to try and obviously make things better and how do we get to that next stage. You know, as I said, we've got those young girls that are going to be going to another Olympic. So this performance and this experience is is second to none for them because they can now take that on board and sort of sit in the shoes that we were in. Um, so those next girls coming through are ready for it. I guess it just comes down to a bit of, bit of off-field, like mental health side of things. How do we deal with that? Do we need external people coming in to help with those sorts of things um, and not just rely on each other to do it? I think as a team, that's probably what we do is rely on each other so much. 
that's probably one of the things that we'll need to look at going forward is just how do we get our minds right and how do we get set and how we separate, you know, Shani the rugby player and then Shani the human being. How do we not make that just all about rugby and take up our whole entire time because we need life balance. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that that's something really important going forward. There appears to have been significant improvement and growth within the women's competition. It must feel good to see how the women's competition has advanced since Rio and kind of the future generations coming through in the sport. So exciting to be a part of a program and a sport that is just growing and you know, we don't know it yet because we're still in quarantine. But when we get home, like what I've experienced from Rio with all those young girls, boys, anyone just picking up a footy because, you know, they saw us play, the same thing's going to happen. doesn't matter whether we came fifth or what we got over there um, and we put our performance out there. We're still Olympians or dual Olympian. I'll take that because that's pretty awesome to be able to say. And as I said, it's it's growing and it's it's getting people you know, out of their houses. Um, I guess the, the tough thing with quarantine, though, is, you know, community sport isn't sort of running at the moment. So that makes it hard. So it's, you know, it's the likes of just doing coaching on Zoom and, and helping those kids out or reaching out and just posting a few things, doing your TikToks and getting them engaged. Yeah, I'm, I'm extremely proud of the program and of how far it's come and it's got still going to take a long way to go. But just more technology, more knowledge, this is the second time it's been in the Olympics, so it's um, only going to get bigger and better. We're going to see once it'll be a new generation, just know this as, as normal. And then before you know it, it's the norm to play rugby sevens instead of union or league. So what's the plan for the rest of the quarantine and then after? Because to paint a picture, you know, Shiny Williams was going up and down in a hotel room just for about an hour, was it? And you ran seven kilometres, so that's just Yeah, I can crazy. take five steps from one corner to the other corner. So, well... Um, as I said, I'm big on the mental health space and I think you have to have a routine. So um, I've been doing F45s in the morning, so that's been pretty nice. Um, you sort of get up at 6.30 and get that done and it just means that you've allowed your head space and you've got those endorphins ready to to uh, crack on with the day of sitting in your room or sitting on the veranda. No. <laughs> um, the beauty of it was that we got to go over to the Olympics. We got to go to Tokyo. We got to experience what we have dreamt of experiencing um to represent our country and you know we got fresh air and we got to to see different people so that was an absolute privilege to be able to do that and you know i just wanted sydney people to know or everybody in australia really that's in lockdown and and going through this pandemic that you can do some things when you're in lockdown and that yeah i'll run this 7.2k and get some blisters on my feet from my socks and uh, keep on going but um as I said like yeah lockdown can be hard it can be tough your mindset can go up and down all over the place but I think if you've got a great support system um, make sure you keep checking in on each other and just keep yourself active and, and present you know you can get lost in some Netflix and and lay back and do a lot of that but I think if you put a timer on so that you're not doing it constantly you won't get in that sort of slump and you need to be able to you know get your brain moving and learn something as well. Oh, well, Shani, thank you so much for coming on and speaking to us today. We really appreciate it and all the best for the rest of quarantine and getting out and seeing friends and family. No, thank you very much, Ella and Daniel. Um, it's been awesome chatting to you. And once again, thank you for allowing me um, your platform, your people, um, to be able to you know, share my story and, and to be able to get out there and just hope that you know this world changes a little bit and we just show a bit more love to each other. 
You're welcome, Shani. Thanks for coming on and sharing your story with us all today. It was great to have you on and get into the socio-political conversations that often run parallel to the Games. So season one has officially wrapped up, so thanks for tuning into Behind the Podium. If you haven't checked out our previous episodes already, they're still available on all good podcast platforms. We've got some great behind-the-scenes content, expert opinions, and predictions which may have been right, but also may have been wrong. We'll be back in your ears soon with season two of Behind the Podium, covering all things Paralympics as they happen and as medals are won, all from the 24th of August. So be sure to keep an eye out on your podcast feeds for more good stuff from us, and follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Central News UTS. We'd love to hear your favourite moment from the Olympics and the Paralympics. Send us a message or a tweet and don't forget to hashtag behind the podium. So take care, go Australia, and we'll be back in your ears very soon, bringing you everything from the Paralympics straight from Tokyo.